0: Welcome to Once More With Commentary, a Buffy and Angel podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Jenny. And today, well, I'm personally excited to say that we're talking about two really good episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For Buffy, that's um, New Moon R- Rising, is that, did I, oh shoot, did I? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> is that the, I was like, is this the other one? New Moon Rising and then Sanctuary on Angel. Mm-hmm. But Ginny, how are you? It's Friday. It's been a week.
1: (laughs) It's been a week. I'm super burnt out. Um, I just had a long week. I went to a concert on Monday, and I had obviously, or maybe not obviously, but like I had those tickets for a while, so it was like when I bought the tickets, I had no way of knowing what my work life was going to be like. So then it was just kind of, it's just kind of like a, it was a stressful way. It was on Monday night too. It was like it was a really great show. I'm happy that I went. Um, It's hard to kick off your stressful week with a late night Monday.
0: <laughs> yeah, because then you're like constantly playing catch up. Yeah,
1: I was, I'm so tired still. Like I've been tired all week. And anyway, I didn't mean to turn this into a griping session. What I wanted <laughs> to tell you about is that the way that I relaxed tonight was, I mean, I was out and about after work kind of shopping, but I, <laughs> um, I went to the container store which is a thing that I love to do. And I got some, I was specifically going to try and find boxes or containers of some kind that I could use for for some of our board games. Because the thing about board games is that, They often come in just insane packaging and like, it's nice and it makes for a nice looking product and like a nice looking shelf, but it's not practical, especially if you're traveling to like, oh, I want to take three games with me. And like, they all have huge boxes that can't all fit in a tote bag together. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going away with some friends for Memorial weekend and we're supposed to bring games. And I was like, we like, we're limited, you know, like you can't bring that much stuff if you don't get into smaller containers. But I was probably in the container store for, like, an hour, <laughs> and that was kind of why I, like, only got home a few minutes before we started recording, <laughs> and then I really, I was also so excited that I was like, I just want to see if they fit in there, and so I took out my containers, even though I knew I didn't have enough time. So what <laughs> I was doing was, was packaging my board, <laughs> huge board game boxes into smaller boxes that I buy at the container store. They're so not when actually you, boxes, they're like plastic When computers. you
0: texted me and you were like, I need a couple of minutes, yeah. it's because you were relaxing yep. by practicing yep. your organizing. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was like, I knew I didn't have time to do it, but I was like, but I just need to see. And it worked. I mean, it's not like I definitely need to try it again and I could do it better and fit more things in there. But the first, right off the bat, it's a success. I got two huge ones in, in the smaller game, smaller boxes.
0: I'm dying right now because I 100% believe that you were like so happy. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm really satisfied with it. I mean, I'm not as satisfied as I could have been. Like, also, this week was so hectic that, like, in a perfect world, what I would have done is looked at the games that I wanted to package and have some sense of like how big are the pieces and how you know what to try and kind of gauge better at the store what I needed. So I just kind of picked some boxes and hope for the best. I think it could be a little more efficient, but it's definitely in a good place. So that's great. I always love going to the container store. I never leave there not being happy. Also, I had to get some I had to get a gift bag for a baby shower. And like also the cashiers there are just really friendly. I feel like it's mostly people who like have a casual container hobby and then they're just like, and I work here part-time. So they're always just like really nice. Anyway, we had a lovely chat about ribbon and gift wrap.
0: Well, if people <laughs> don't know, the gift wrap section of I, the container store is amazing. It's the best that I've ever found. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, it's not cost effective. No. But, but they're just, they have the I mean, most your beautiful gifts look selection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. She was like, oh, I love this yellow bag that I got. It's super cute. Completely unnecessary. Makes me feel a little guilty, but also, what are you going to do? <laughs> anyway, whew. How are you?
0: <laughs> I think I'm about to embark on what you have just described. Like, I uh, am traveling yes. on Sunday. I have to go to Boston for work next week and mm-hmm. which is great like I love going to Boston I used to live there my sister lives there it's like fun to go visit but I like the dates it's like what you were saying like you you never know when you book things like what's going to happen like around it yeah and I'm excited because I'm going on Saturday to the Taylor Swift concert
1: oh
0: and, that's right yeah and like I'm excited for the concert But also, like, it's probably my first, like, big arena concert, like, Hmm. not ever, but, like, in a really, really long time. Yeah. And I'm, like, really excited for it. Like, I feel like it's just, like, going to be super fun. But Mm -hmm. I also have a flight the next day at, like, 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. So...
1: (laughs) You are about to have my exact week.
0: Yeah. So worse, because you're traveling
1: six hours.
0: Exactly. So, like, today, I'm just, like, the stress is hitting me of, like, okay, I'm make this and this. And then, like, also since I'm going to be in Boston, I'm staying a couple extra days and Claire and I are going to hang out and like bake and like do all this stuff. So like, I Mm -hmm. have like very specific things that I have to pack. Like, yeah, cause I go to visit my sister and it's like, okay, I'll bring a cake pan and, (laughs) and like a bottle of wine and like all this stuff. So like, I, it's like, it's not like one of those things where I'm like, oh, well, if I don't pack this, it'll be okay. It's like, no, like I really need to pack those things. And like, it's just kind of stressful. And also because like, the timing and like I have to like make sure I'm in certain places at certain times and mm-hmm. um I mean it'll be fine once I'm there but yeah, yeah. I, was like, I was at this moment today where I was like uh <laughs> I need to yeah write no, myself a I, list of like everything I need to do that was me
1: last Sunday last Sunday I got a lot of my normal chores done and then I just we, <laughs> I called my parents just to be like hey let me just say hi really quick because I can tell that I'm gonna be too busy this week to like fit in a phone call and as soon as I got on the phone with him I like just started unloading and I was like oh my god I did not realize how stressed out I was and I have to hang up the phone right now because like this is not a pleasant conversation that we're having where I'm just like mm, it was bad
0: no like, I okay, do that. I just like, have
1: to do this I just have to do this I just have to do this and I was like holy yeah. shit I did not know I was this freaked out and I need to hang up and go do 10 things and then go to bed at midnight <laughs> like what yeah okay I mean it's kind of a it's not a bummer but like I I still have a lot of, like, I still have a lot of things this weekend, and we're traveling next weekend, so I think I feel a lot better than I did, like, two days ago, but I'm still, like, not totally out of that just busy mindset. Yeah. Ugh. At least my games are organized. <laughs>
0: That's the, the glimmer of hope. at The a glimmer end of, the of hope. Yeah. You, you'll oh, be able to oh. take all the games you want. Okay, well, let's, um... Talk let's, about Buffy? Yeah, let's gather <laughs> ourselves.
1: <laughs> I know, I hope the stress isn't like seeping into the airwaves.
0: Sorry, guys, it's been a rough day, rough week. Sorry, guys, um, it's
1: hard sometimes. <laughs> I mean, in all things, not even that hard. My life is pretty easy, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, the nice part is, you know, you get to unwind with Buffy at the end of the day. It's and, true. And Buffy's really stressed out, so that's helpful. <laughs> is that helpful? <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, okay, so... Buffy Let's talk this about, week, yeah. why don't you tell us what happened
1: okay, so New Moon Rising, the episode opens up and like Tara and Willow are having an adorable conversation about Tara getting a kitten and you know she's concerned that like oh Willow are you allergic or oh is there any reason why you this would bother you because she wants Willow to be able to spend time with her in her apartment or their dorm I guess Tara lives in the dorm so it's like a kind of sweet you know Note to start off with that, like, their relationship is progressing and things are getting serious. Um, Also, Willow is taking Tara to her first Scooby meeting, so it's, like, yet again, another sign that, like, things are progressing in their relationship. Um, At the Scooby meeting, Buffy reveals that, you know, despite they know that Adam is still out there, nothing has really been going on. She hasn't found any demons or vampires when she's been out slaying, even though, in contrast... Uh, Riley says the initiative has been super busy. So I don't know. The gang is like trying to still figure out what exactly that means when suddenly Oz shows up in the doorway. <laughs> um, so it turns out that Oz has traveled the world to find a cure essentially for his werewolf condition. So he invites Willow to like spend the next evening with him and um, And it turns out it's the night of a full moon and he doesn't transform. So he, you know, he's kind of, he kind of explains to her that like I found this some ways to meditate and take some herbs, blah, blah, blah. He's not that specific about it. Um, And he's found a way to basically control his werewolf transformation. Um, Of course, all of this is incredibly confusing to Willow because she's pretty much just started to get serious with someone who's also a woman, but also, you know, Oz left things so open-ended that, I think she's understandably confused and in turmoil. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Buffy and Riley are also kind of having their own drama. You know, Oz coming back kind of forces Buffy to tell, start telling Riley things that she's kind of been leaving out about her own life. I mean, she's vague about it, obviously, at the beginning, but basically she has to tell Riley that Oz is a werewolf and Riley has never really encountered any sort of gray area with demons before. He's just been in the initiative where they say demons bad and we do experiments on them and humans are good. So that's kind of, I mean, and simmering in the background is the revelation that Buffy still hasn't made, which is that she used to date a vampire. Um, So all of this is going on. Willow and Oz are trying to figure out what they mean. And there is another werewolf attack in Sunnydale. So eventually, I guess Oz gets captured by the initiative when he's transformed into a werewolf. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped a very important thing, which is that once he gets jealous because he catches kind of a vibe between and some smells between Willow and Tara, he immediately transforms into a wolf again, even though it's not even a full moon. It's during the day. So while he's in his wolf form, he gets captured by the initiative. Riley recognizes him. It's a whole kerfuffle the gang and Riley all decide to rescue him. Um, eventually, they do get him out, but in doing so, Riley has to like officially renege on the initiative and decide that he doesn't want to be a part of what they're doing anymore. Um, and at the end, Willow also, Willow and Oz <sighs> come to an agreement that Willow's gonna uh, date Tara instead, and Oz leaves.
0: I like uh, that you use it. the word kerfuffle.
1: <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That wasn't in my notes. Um I feel like there was something else I wanted to say. Oh right. also the other kind of little background thing going on in this episode is that Adam recruits Spike as like a, an ally. It was a boring mm-hmm. is a boring scene except for Spike, obviously. Adam is Adam.
0: So it's a heartbreaking episode in a way, it, but also it like is, but it, and it ends on a really positive note though, yeah. right which is that
1: like we get to focus on Tara and Willow. Being happy and admitting, I mean, based finally explaining, you know, not finally explaining, but like admitting that they're in a relationship, both to each other and to Willow's friends.
0: Well, at least just to Buffy, but we get oh, you're right. an acknowledgement to the audience also that like what has been obvious, but still right. kind of implicit Unstate, yeah, explicit. Like Willow yes. actually, I mean, she doesn't even really say the words, but it's very clear what she's telling Buffy, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. And Oz says it actually more explicitly than anyone Mm -hmm. when he's confronting Tara of even asking if she's in love with her. Right. I mean, mean, that
1: is another big step. It's not just that Willow and Tara are in a relationship. They're admitting that they're in love with each other too. I kind of, I didn't say that, but that's, that, that does come up.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean that it's, it's not some passing kind of like, it's not kind of thing. It's, it's a real thing, but it's, I on like a, on a larger level, I I really like this episode because one, I think when Seth Green left there probably was some sort of agreement of like
1: can okay, we have Okay, but you come can back we have some closure?
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. For something because there really was no closure. No. And Oz has kind of been just out in the wind for this entire season and that's not usually how the show tends to get rid of people, you know, mm-hmm. like there's always some sort of finality and so It works really well, you know, to have him gone. We see Willow put the pieces back together and like start to move on in a way that we saw Buffy trying to do when Angel came Mm -hmm. back. And I also love the way it like even though Oz left, you know, at the very beginning of this season and and now he's back almost at the very end of it, you know, in fact, probably like almost the same point at each end of the season but the parallels to the episodes are so great. Like it's it's not that he's just back and there's like the, f- the friction of the initiative and his relationship with Willow, and mm-hmm. all of that. It's, and and there is a lot of that because of the way the wa- Oz just kind of waltzes back in and is kind of like I'm here now. Uh, exactly. Like not considering the fact that he can't just walk back in. Right. I mean, he, he he he's tries. sort of making motions to that effect of like. You know, I'm not pushing you and all that. But he is just kind of assuming he can just drop right back in. But I also love that from the other side of this, of, like, beyond that, like, all the issues that came up before he left, like, he might be coming back thinking that he solved them. But it's really clear that they're continuing to kind of push this idea that, like, the wolf... As much as Oz might think now that he's kind of contained it, it is in him all the time. Like the way that yeah. it comes out in it's the daytime. It's easy to surface, yeah. Right, like because it's really impressive. Like he he tries to show Willow it's a full moon. Look, I haven't turned. Mm-hmm. But then when we see him turn, it's not during the moon. It's during the day. When before when he thought the wolf was just this thing that came out of him three nights a month. Right, like, right. He would have oh, never that's a good point. Yeah, in the daytime and and now that he thinks he has a control on it maybe the control kind of pushes it out like it's sort of leaking out in different areas like it mm-hmm. when he gets really upset he t- transforms in the middle of the day and then again in the initiative and like right. neither of these times is it nighttime so um, i mean I that's, a that was really big, yeah, like, that's a pretty interesting he comes back with this whole announcement of like i'm better i'm cured everything i left for i fixed and you kind of see that like not only did he come back and The world he left is changed but also he's not at all fixed
1: yeah and i mean again i think that goes back to the earlier points of the season of like he doesn't necessarily need to be fixed you know is I, i guess whether or not there's something wrong with him is certainly open to interpretation but like at the end of the day he's a human and this is a condition that he has so it's not something that he can just or rather he's not a human anymore He's something else and he has to kind of like in the way that Buffy is a slayer and she constantly tries to find ways to still be normal and keep that like a separate part of her life. But there's just no way to do that. It is a part of his identity, no matter how much he wants it not to be.
0: Exactly. And also, you know, very fitting in the Buffy universe where the one thing that triggers it is the thing that he might want but right obviously yeah that's a good point have because like a nice little parallel to angel yeah exactly like he comes to realize that willow is like the trigger here yeah uh, its actually so thought that was like a nice tie-in like yeah to have him come back and like just kind of the sort of parallels between the way he left and the way he comes back i agree with you i i i, I couldn't help but feel a little bit in this
1: episode though In the same way that the Oz leaving the earlier episodes feel a little bit rushed. Again, I, like, wonder if this could have aired out better over two episodes. Yeah. There are parts that just felt, I don't want to say rushed exactly, but, like, some of it felt like it just needed a tiny bit more of a breathing room or something to kind of feel natural, I guess... I don't know, but then again, I'm like, not sure what, what that would really accomplish. But what if they had had Green
0: but... come back for two episodes, and yeah. instead of where the wild things are, we got yeah I two mean, episodes let's of us, <laughs> even Willow if it trying ended to figure out. <laughs> this out.
1: Yeah, and I, I guess I, I guess because in this episode, I feel like Tara got a little bit shortchanged. I, I mean, it's partially also, too, because, like, she's still not a regular cast member, right? Like, this episode was more about Willow. But this episode was also a lot about Buffy and Riley, and I I, I just couldn't help but feel like, yeah, there there was more there to explore. As much as I liked everything about Tara in this episode, like, I, I like that... I don't know. This is going to sound stupid, because I get that, like, at the end of the day, Oz's jealousy is the thing that turned him back into a wolf. But oddly, I felt like the main tension wasn't, like a kind of hokey them to getting jealous over Willow. You know, it was so much more about this hole that had been left in Willow's life and how she's going to kind of accept that she has moved on and then just keep going with that. Like, I, I don't know if, if that made any sense. Like, I feel like this could have easily been a like, who will she pick episode? And it was never that. I think even no, for, I- even for Oz and Tara, it wasn't about that. Like they are both, just having really difficult, complex feelings, and being hurt, and being sad, but also being excited, and like, I feel like it was so much more about that, it was not really about petty jealousy, it was more deep, it was deeper than that.
0: No, I think you're absolutely right, I think, you know, where this could have just turned into some sort of... Fight, love yeah. Triangle episode. Like, yeah. both Oz and Tara are treating Willow with respect about this, of that, you know, Yeah this isn't easy for her. It's a difficult decision. Things are complicated. You know, as Willow tells Buffy, it's not simple of like, oh, I love one more than the other. It's mm-hmm. more about what makes me happy right now and and what do I need? And like, you know, I think Oz on some level, even before he finds out, like he's kind of like the way he's kind of like, I think he can pick up on the fact that like, maybe things y- aren't going to yeah. be as simple as he thinks. Like, I
1: think he does know that too. Yeah. yeah
0: and and maybe this was just his last try to like fix yeah. something like because the way he did leave was wrong right yeah like of course he just abandoned everyone and you know maybe he felt like he had to but um I think he kind of now like comes back and realizes like oh well that's I, not how I, I should I, I broke this and I can't be yeah upset about the way it got fixed yeah so and Tara oh I my think, god I love Tara's like, Tara has been kind of presented as, like, this meek, kind of shy person. But yeah. she's, like, really strong in this episode. Like, I love I the way she's, yeah. like, ready to just kind of accept whatever Willow decides and that she actually is more heartbroken over the idea that, like, she wouldn't be friends with Willow. Yeah, and Ugh, it's just, you're right. This was
1: a really winning episode for Tara. I mean, <laughs> I, it, I, obviously in retrospect of her run on the show, I really love her. But, like, I mean, I know we've touched on this before, but, like, it, it, she's just so awkward in those early episodes that it's just kind of hard. I mean, it's uh, awkward in a way that is, like, is mostly bad acting and not charming. Yeah. And, or even realistic awkward behavior, I guess. So, in that sense, it's, like, I, I know I always had a hard... When I first watched this, I kind of had a hard time with her, her actual character, and now it's just, like, this is really a great turning point for her. Well, and I, I was like, she's so much more... I don't want to say nuanced, but, like, she's just so sweet in this episode that it's, like, I don't know how anyone could not finally love her in this
0: one. (laughs) But I think it's also, too, that, like, everyone involved in this is being respectful and mature. It's true, and And I I put a pin in that
1: for the next episode. Exactly. I I was just going to
0: say, thinking ahead to, like, the next episode, we are going to see the exact opposite of that. And it's just so nice to see of, like, yeah, this is really difficult, but it's, the focus is not on, like, petty jealousy and all of that. It's just, like, on this, like, real problem that, like, Willow is having and, like, the emotions and, like, I keep saying respect, but, like, I really feel like Oz and Tara both acknowledge that, like, and Willow's also not that- gonna be, like, rejecting or, like, insulting them. It's really gonna be a tough decision for her.
1: But I also think that Willow also is, is walking into this in the most mature way possible, right? Which is, it, is like, she's way. not, she's not <laughs> leaning, leading Oz on ex- maybe a little bit. She should have said something about terror, but it's just so confusing that you, I think there's no way to, to put her in the wrong in this situation, right? Like she had no idea he was coming back. She has made peace with him just leaving her life, not made peace with him breaking up into this more tangible way, maybe. So anyway, I guess, again, I just think like, she agrees to have a meeting with him. Nothing gets too far. It's not like she's getting swept up in her emotions and the and the old feelings, right? Like, she's just, yeah, and I think the whole time she's really aware of, like, well, I'm in this awkward position where I haven't, you know, her and Willow, or I'm sorry, her and Tara haven't called each other girlfriends, so I think it's not as though she's, like, really going to cheat on anyone, but it's just so, I, I don't know. I just, uh, of course, yes, Willow is mature, and she handled this as maturely as possible also, I think.
0: Exactly. Keeping I mean, in mind both of
1: their feelings as well, as much as you can, which is like, obviously someone's going to get hurt in this situation. There's no way out of that. But nobody's unaware of that fact, and I think they're all being really mindful.
0: Yeah. It's this just, may maybe a
1: bit of a stretch for 19-year-olds, but then again, uh, maybe not.
0: <laughs> I I mean, I'm willing to like give them the benefit of that doubt because it's just kind of enjoyable to watch, honestly.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree.
0: Yeah. Speaking of relationships yeah. that are <laughs> on... The rocks. Tenuous ground, I (laughs) guess. Not on the rocks, that's the wrong phrase. Yeah. Yeah. We do have this issue pop up, and it's kind of tied to the bigger question of, like, how does Riley view, like, humans versus demons, and, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of it, like, it's not, again, like... It's all about, like, what's been presented to him, right? Like, he's right. come into this world through the initiative. It's a very black and white. We've talked about this before. Like, mm-hmm. demons bad, people good. Um, but even the you know, Buffy kill, universe pretty much later.
1: mostly treats it that way.
0: Yeah. But there's, yeah. No, there's no nuance in the initiative. Of course. And so we see Riley confronted with this idea of that sometimes... I mean, and and a werewolf is a great example of this gray area of, like, sometimes Oz is an evil creature, and sometimes he's human, and there's no control one way or the other. And so, and it's not his, like, as Buffy says, it's not his fault. This is something that happened to him. Mm -hmm. And so Riley is confronted with this, and, and I think it's fitting at the end of this episode that Buffy finally decides to tell him about Angel. Agreed, yeah. And we'll see the, you know consequences of that in the next episode but there's this larger question of Buffy having to consider the possibility that like Riley might not be okay with Mm -hmm. her like because her philosophy especially because of her interactions with Angel is to consider the angles and the sides like they've worked with you know um, demons and vampires at this point when they needed to Mm -hmm. you know Giles calling in his friend to Um, fake taking away Angel's soul and all of that. Like, they all know that there are these gray areas and the initiative never pauses to consider. Um, So it's a real test of Buffy and Riley's relationship in a way that you might be thinking like, oh, well, he has to choose between Buffy and the initiative. Like, I don't feel like that's the big issue here. Like, Riley doesn't really hesitate. No, I mean, I think at this
1: point, I I, I think let's hold off on that conversation because shit, what what did you just say? Sorry, um... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I mean, why am I apologizing? But whatever. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, what there was something else I wanted to say about Buffy and, and Riley more specifically. I guess it it is a test on their relationship. I kind of lost my train of thought. But essentially, I guess I just want to say that, like, also, I think in this situation, Buffy makes a situation out of something that didn't have to be one though. Right. Because she's feeling insecure and scared about what is going to happen when he finds out about angels. So she kind of lashes out at him when he's asking, I think pretty reasonable and innocent questions. I mean, they obviously pose it as this kind of like, Oh, Riley's sort of being a bigot way, but like the truth in, in this universe is that, I mean, they're actual, many of the demons are actual monsters and people do have to make kind of a discerning fact. You know, it is a metaphor if we take a step back, but it's not, doesn't have to be one in the show and I think that that's also kind of like she's just not she doesn't even really give him any explanation other than like oh you're just being judgmental but it's like yeah I don't know how he could have really formed another opinion at this stage in his life I think and I think he clearly demonstrates in this episode that he's he's not wired that way to be unfair he as soon as he sees different evidence I think he pretty quickly changes his mind right
0: no, I think, but I, guess, I think Riley does disprove that. And I think it's also, you're uh, yeah, right, I, like Buffy's, she's the one that doesn't fact give him a has chance. She so much more experience than him.
1: But not even that, though, that she doesn't even explain to him. She doesn't really explain to him any reasoning before she gets angry at him. You know, he says, he makes like a pretty cat, I feel like he makes a simple statement. And she's like, well, here, just spa, and like kind of storms off, right? Instead of being like, Oh, well, actually, our friend is this... I don't know. I just didn't think she really gave him a good explanation up front when she could have kind of nipped it in the bud and said... Because she's feeling so insecure about the angel situation or the angel history that, you know... I think that's influencing their fight a lot more than the actual opinions that either of them hold.
0: Well, it certainly is. I mean, that's why Buffy's overreacting. But right. But I think also Riley's reacting the way he is because he hasn't yet encountered really anything to disprove like what he's been taught mm-hmm. and, and now he has and you're right to his credit he does immediately decide on which side of that line he's gonna he's gonna be um, i mean and to, and not to
1: cut down his, the credit that or or not that right Ry- i mean i think riley is just a decent guy <laughs> and he doesn't like that the initiative is literally torturing a human in human form in the lab in front of him i mean but you know, i guess not to like undercut Riley but like they're also going to pretty extremes right in front of him you know it's not like they're just saying well we need to capture him because we're worried about the safety of humans and what if we just Mm -hmm. need to contain him they're literally like no we're gonna prod him with an electric stick and we don't care that he's screaming in pain so it's like they also do go pretty far (laughs) or it's like of course Riley can't stay with them he can't condone that it's a person that he knows yeah or it's a person period you know I don't know. But at the same time, I, I it's funny that so much hap- so many big things happened in this episode. I obviously, in my memory, this is just the episode where Oz comes back and Willow and Tara formalize their relationship. But it's also the episode where Riley formally leaves the initiative, which I had completely forgotten about. Or, you know, I forgot it happened in this episode. There's a lot going on. Yeah. I, I, and again, as much as I like the parallels, I think it makes sense to kind of have these storylines happening concurrently. I do still feel like, yeah, let's... Let's rewrite this season, we scrap where the wild things are. We take
0: t- expand this out a little bit. <laughs> also, I think I know that we are sort of happy when they don't spend that much time on Adam. Um, yeah, because he he's been here, just not at the foreground of anything. Right. Um, like we've been saying, more of a plot device than anything. And and in this one, he kind of is too. Like, you know, Anya and Giles think that they're successful hacking in to the city, but it's mm-hmm. Adam pulling all the strings because mm-hmm. they're doing exactly what he wants. Because he wants Spike to get them on his side. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think we could have spent more time with him and Spike's interactions because. It's a little odd that Spike just immediately goes with what he wants although yeah. he does dangle removing the chip in front of him so but I'm you're guessing- also kind
1: of right that like in this way that Adam is sort of a weak villain kind of inherent to his structure he's also a weak villain because that he doesn't menace them very much you know he's not really presenting much of a threat to them because the he, you're right. He hasn't been in the foreground of almost any episode. Maybe one. The one where he th- killed Walsh. But even that had so much other stuff going on that it's like...
0: It's just like, compare it to the end of season three where in exactly. every episode the mayor is making moves. And even in the ones and where thinking he ahead, have much to do yeah. with everything, Like it's clearly building towards something. Whereas I feel like, if you think about the fact that in two episodes they're going to have their showdown with exactly. Adam, it's exactly. a little bit <laughs> like, like, oh,
1: what? shit. Yeah.
0: It's a little bit like the master where he really was supposed to be this big bad, but had almost nothing what to do he with done? the season. Yeah. And it, that's just not successful. Especially
1: like, in that they make him so, in Adam's case, make him so difficult like physically to kill. It's just like, it's uneven. Yeah, he's not doing anything to show how dangerous he is, but then suddenly they're barely going to be able to fight him. You know, it's just a little, yeah, it's going kind of zero to a hundred. And you're right, that I, that choice was spiked Definitely could have taken a little more breathing room as well. As much as I don't want to spend time with Adam, it's also not doing him any favors that he has basically no interactions with the Scoopies.
0: Yeah, I mean, Spike goes from who the hell are you to sure, I'll help. Like, <laughs> Yeah,
1: and especially for Spike, who's really been always positioned as kind of like, like when, when he first met the master, his, his instinct was, no, I'll do this now. <laughs> not, yeah. yeah, I'll fall in line. And I, I agree. I mean, I, I the master
0: not... or you mean the annoying one?
1: Well, both. Didn't he? Oh, he didn't meet the master. You're right. No. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: No, he killed. He's he's the the hero who kills the annoying one. No,
1: you're right. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's a it's oddly joiner for Spike, who is traditionally a loner, if or a leader.
0: I mean, we've seen him be very good at shifting allegiances based of on what helps him. And I do think that the only thing that makes this work slightly yes. for me is the fact that the motivation for Spike, I, I believe it. Yeah. Like,
1: I his agree. entire yeah.
0: purpose for this, most of this season has been to get that chip out of his head. Mm-hmm. But even with that, it feels a little bit sudden for him to suddenly be on Adam's side. Yeah, I mean, it's not Adam's side, it's Spike's side, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like the way, yeah. Yeah, he's, he seems a little bit too trusting of Adam. Yeah. Um, he doesn't even really question him. Like, it's c- almost unclear if he's even been made aware that Adam exists. Like. Yeah, again. yeah. Yeah, he must have been because he wasn't really that surprised when he encountered him. But um, I, I do want to say, like, I one thing I did like about that whole, as much as, like, the whole storyline with Spike feels also feels rushed, and, mm-hmm. like, that might be one that also could have benefited from a couple episodes of Build Up. I love Spike when he feels like he's got the upper hand or a secret. Like, yeah. his swagger yeah, is just fun to watch. Kind of like, puts way him back like, in his old mode. Exactly. The way he's dealing with them when he's like, I can get you in the initiative and all that. It's just, he's just so full of himself. It's mm-hmm. just really fun to watch. Um,
1: actually, um, I have one. I, oh, go ahead. Is
0: it Sorry, I was going to say, is it also really bad if Adam actually does have my favorite line of the whole episode?
1: Maybe. Wait, which line?
0: Um, when Spike says you were a Boy Scout, <laughs> and he just goes, parts of me. <laughs>
1: Ugh no, I hated that.
0: Oh no, I really liked it. <laughs> uh,
1: that's fair, but
0: um.
1: So just the other thing that I want to say, and again, this is gonna segue into definitely into the next the next episode that we talk the angel episode that we talk about, but what I did also like about kind of the Buffy and Riley conflict in this episode is what's the way to say this? I, I guess I think it's, it's good that we get to see them kind of go into this phase of their relationship too, right? Not one where they're fighting exactly, but like, it just made me feel like they really are in a more serious relationship than she and Angel ever really were able to have. Like, her and Angel didn't really fight because they didn't... In some ways, I feel like they didn't have, like, a real... You know, they didn't have, like, a day-to-day relationship with one another. They had very strong feelings and a lot of life-or-death moments. But that's not really the same as, like, getting to know someone and having to have... You know, getting irritated with someone, I guess, is kind of the thing that I think Buffy and Angel never had. They were angry at each other sometimes, but they were never just, like, irked or, like, involved in the... The day to day again.
0: Well, so there's something something to that. It is like, oh, let's this is talk them about taking. That but I guess a again later too, because yeah,
1: I mean I, exactly. I have more to say up. about that. But yeah, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is that I think this is also a realistic depiction of Riley and Buffy being in a serious, committed relationship and being a, becoming adults. And like, this is a thing that not again, not that you have to have fights with your significant other for it to be a real relationship, but you do have to get to know one another. And I feel like that's kind of part of what's happening here in a different way than like oh yes you're attractive and we enjoy spending time with each other there's more that you have to know about a person than that
0: right they don't just have feelings they have like a foundation yeah to like of just intimacy in a way that Buffy and Angel couldn't have um, and they're getting
1: to a deeper understanding of who each other is
0: Right, and I think the relationship is different because of it. Like, uh-huh. I think, uh, as yeah. we'll see when we talk about the Angel episode, yeah. Buffy and Angel's interactions were always kind of tinged with a little bit of like jealousy and passion because of the way that they couldn't fully like there's always yeah. a little like yeah like as much as they might fully trust each other there's always a lack of it when like you can't trust that whatever precarious balance you've struck is gonna last forever when yeah. one of you is human and one of you is immortal. You can never see each other in the daytime. You're yeah. <laughs> you can never fully like I just feel like they never got to that point of like they, they never have had have a solid a real relationship. Exactly. They had because love they just but that's yeah. different. Yeah. But they never had a chance because like as much as Buffy might have been imagining like, you know, oh, I should have a drawer at your place for next year when I stay over. It's like they could never get to that stage. (laughs) Yeah, No, like that wasn't like a thing. It's like she's going to be with Angel for the few hours of nighttime where they're patrolling Mm -hmm. and whatever. But like when Angel's allowed to be out, Buffy's also supposed to be at work, essentially. So like they never have downtime together. They never have, you know, like their entire relationship was built around like battles yeah like exactly
1: life or death moments so sure of course he did okay we should really move on because (laughs) i mean we're basically we're talking about a huge chunk of the next episode i think unless there's anything else uh
0: no i I, we can move into into Uh, that
1: Um, oh i obviously can't wait for tara to actually get her kitten it's a life that i hope to lead myself except with an adult, (laughs) adult cat not a kitten maybe a kitten probably
0: you had your chance
1: I know. I don't want a kitten. You literally I had know. a kitten in I your know. apartment I like know. a week ago. <laughs> Last time when we were taping, I left, the apart- I left the bedroom and then Alex had a kitten. <laughs> that was so
0: cute. Anyway. I don't know what I would do if I came out from taping and then there's like a cat in my apartment. Hmm. <laughs> a kitten, not a cat. Oh, well, an animal of some kind.
1: Oh, okay. I'm just saying a kitten is small and adorable. Like, I mean, there's kind of no way to not be charmed.
0: I don't know where it would come from in my building. Mm. There are no animals in my building. True. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. so let's talk about uh, Angel, because yeah. I... Because we're okay, already talking about it. <laughs> we are, but I also feel like this is probably the strongest episode of Angel the entire season. Uh, but there I are got, a couple of but I feel like... That too,
1: but yeah, le- why don't you tell us the gist of yeah. this episode?
0: Maybe I want to say it's strong in a way of, like, it's legitimately got me excited for the next episode. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, I don't want to say that, I didn't like
1: it or that it was bad I just have things to say about the structure
0: no there I mean well we'll get yeah. into that but um <laughs> okay so um at the, <laughs> at the end of the last episode Angel and Faith are hugging it out in the rain while Wesley's looking on in horror and so at the beginning of this one Angel brings Faith home with him and um you know he's tells her like she can stay at his apartment. He he wants to help her deal with the darkness or mm-hmm. whatever. And um because, you know, Angel knows where Faith's coming from, he can sympathize with her and he's trying to continue the work that he started um a year ago essentially. Mm-hmm. And um so the next morning Cordelia and Wesley are, you know, comparing injuries and sort of um checking in and they know that Angel brought Faith back. Wesley finds out that Faith is, in fact, there, but she's not prisoner. She's mm-hmm. not, she's just, you know, lounging down in the basement. So Wesley decides he's not, he doesn't, like, he's not going to deal with this. Like, Faith literally just tortured him, and he's not exactly happy with Angel's decision. Cordelia, meanwhile, writes herself a bunch of paid vacation t- checks, and, like, you know, she pieces out. She's like, I'm not going to sit around mm-hmm. to like, get punched again. Like, I'm, I'm done. So Angel's left, essentially, to deal with Faith on his own. We also see the Wolferman Hart lawyers a little bit pissed off because their paid assassin has instead decided she's going to go home with her mark Mm -hmm. and kind of, like, you know, work it out. So they try to um, pay to have another assassin take out Faith, but Angel and Faith uh, kill him instead and are kind of dealing with the aftermath of that just in time for Buffy to walk in Mm -hmm. and discover... Um, that Faith is being sheltered by Angel and that she thought Angel might be in danger, but she doesn't actually have to protect Angel. And in fact, Angel is apparently siding with Faith in this mm-hmm. whole situation. So Buffy is really upset. Uh, meanwhile, Wesley uh, encounters the three, uh, I guess, wetworks guys yeah. from the Watchers Council that we saw last in Who Are You? Mm-hmm. Um, and they obviously want vengeance on Faith and to take care of this problem so they try to rope Wesley into helping them um, but Wesley won't betray Angel as upset as he is that Angel is dealing with Faith in this way he also respects Angel and their working relationship and so he um, tells the Watcher guys that he'll you know help them out but he ends up forewarning Angel that they're on their way and they all show up to Angels with a ton of weapons to try to kill Faith essentially mm-hmm. and um So Buffy has to help Angel and Faith fight these guys off. Buffy and Angel succeed. Uh, Wesley even helps in the battle. But Mm -hmm. in the meantime, Faith escapes. And um, Angel gets arrested because this whole time also... Kate is dealing with the reports of a fugitive. Right. Oh, that's right. Kate was in
1: this
0: LA. episode. <laughs> and so, yeah. So they Literally all converge on the forgot. police station where uh, Kate's confronting Angel about harboring a fugitive, and they both see that Faith, in fact, left the rooftop because she decided to go turn herself in to the cops. Mm-hmm. So Faith turns herself in, and then we in the episode, Buffy and Angel, like, have it out in the police station. Um, because they're, you know, Buffy's yeah. upset about Angel's methods and Angel has to kind of explain to Buffy, like, this has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And Buffy leaves and Wesley's trying to, you know, tell Angel that he thinks he did the right thing. And this is really a great Angel and Wesley episode, I have to say. It is. I
1: just thought, like, if you heard me typing there, it was like, oh, I just thought of like, a good thing that we got to touch on.
0: Yeah. So, um, so that's that. So Faith ends the episode in jail. And... Yeah no one's happy but right <laughs> can I, mean, I sorry to I just want to no, clarify please. what I was saying at yeah. the beginning of this where I feel like this episode I, I agree with you and we could talk about it the episode itself is a little bit of a mess yeah. but no I, I think I there's yeah character work in this episode I mean is fantastic you're right
1: and you're right about that and so it's like yeah again I don't want to say that this is not an episode that I truly enjoyed watching oddly <laughs> uh, Again, what I love about this episode is the Angel and Buffy fight. Like, something about that is just so damn interesting to me. I think it was something that I didn't realize I needed to see. And so, like, yeah, in that way, they get to this end of this episode, and I was totally riveted. I do think that the, like, the actual Faith setup, things are lacking. You know, I think we talked about last week how... they set up this beautiful arc for Faith in the two episodes of Buffy that she was in, and then they just kind of backtrack it in this way to sort of, again, just like seemingly serve some sort of plot that they had planned out they need to be able to say in this episode, Wesley needs to be able to say, oh, but she was just torturing me. But I think ultimately they didn't need to be able to say that for them to still have pretty much the same conflict. So it's like, that part is annoying to me. I think that they've kind of... Faith goes, again, goes from 100 back down to zero in that last episode. And then in this one, we're just supposed to feel sorry for her. And it was like, you had really laid such beautiful groundwork for me to feel sorry for her and then kind of ripped it out from under me. So I think those are the things that I have a problem with.
0: I think you're right. I think... Everything about five by five undoes everything that happened in Who Are mm-hmm. You, and they're continuing and this the thread one, of Who yeah. Are You here. Yeah. But it it's doesn't annoying. work yeah. because of everything that happened in Five by Five, and yeah. it's almost like two different people wrote this episode and didn't talk to each other yeah. about what was yeah. going to happen. Because also, I kept waiting for some indication that the flashbacks from the last episode—right—that they were going to come into play, it. and yeah. they just yeah. I forgot.
1: They never mentioned it. You're right. I mean, but, they did clearly. Put that in place with this episode in mind, but you're right that it's just like the, the way that they've tied these things together is completely sloppy. But the actual well, they haven't t- i don't think
0: they tied them together at all. Well, exactly, I mean, they're missing. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but, yes, but let's let's, let's talk about the Buffy and Angel thing because and, we were sort of already talking right. about it, and I do agree with you that it's surprisingly the most and poignant I also moment. Want to I say, think, yeah, and but I also think the.
1: The emotional work in this episode, not just for Buffy and Angel, is also strong. So after we talk about Buffy and Angel, we talk we can talk about Wesley and Angel, and we also talk about yeah. Faith and Angel because I think all of that, the actual interactions that they're having, were perfect. It's just how they got to those interactions that was like, yeah. what What are you doing? <laughs> so, so yes, so Buffy and Angel.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think the first thing about this fight is. It's, like, you can clearly see both sides. Like, Angel rightly calls out Buffy for being upset because she's imagining that Angel is doing all of this to her. Right. And Angel has to kind of explain that it has nothing to do with her. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, it's... I mean, this was the one thing that kept bugging me. It's never entirely clear if Angel actually does know what Faith did to her because, like, Faith told him that she slept with Riley, but but Angel doesn't know how that came about or that they body swapped. And that Buffy, like, as... As as much as I agree that Buffy is acting completely narcissistic here and yeah. like self-centered, I also entirely buy Buffy's issue because Faith so badly violated her life. Yeah. That of course Buffy is gonna assume one, that it's her right to figure out what the hell is going on, and two, to see if Angel is okay, and to be angry that Angel, instead of battling Faith, is protecting her. But I also see Angel's point. So I guess
1: Yeah, I I mean, you're right. It's just not like Buffy is completely irrational in this moment. I think their fight about faith is one where they both have valid points, but the actual fight that they're having is really their final breakup. And I think in in that sense, I mean, again, no one's like right or wrong in a breakup necessarily, but I think it is clear by the end of this that they can't be together. At least they can't be together right now. Right. Like there is so much that they never covered when they were actually together. I think that never stuck out to me when we were watching season two. I mean, I think, you know, it kind of cognitively or like I I kind of knew it in my head that like, oh, yeah, this is kind of just romantic. And this is a much more of a like pulled back. Bird's eye view of a of a romantic relationship, right? Everything was so melodramatic. And that was what that that's what season two is about. It's about melodrama and these exaggerated, sweeping passions. But now that we've contrasted that with Buffy and Riley, we're reminded that like, oh, that's right. That's not at all how the real world works. And I think it's just trying to put Buffy and, and Angel in a, any sort of realistic relationship is just like, holy moly, do they not fit? At least have they not covered any of that foundation work? I think what really struck out stuck out to me in this episode is how much Buffy had not She does not know Angel. And I think he's made passing comments to that in the past, but I think it was just like, holy jeez, Buffy, like you have never really taken the time to process what it means that he has been, he murdered people for so long. I think that is the thing that was just like, of course he needs to have this conversation with Faith. He, she's one of the, it's not just that he's the only person that can understand Faith. She's one of the only people that he's encountered that can have any inkling of what his life is like. So I just think that that's the part that Buffy is like, Buffy, you do not understand that you don't understand this. And I think it's not that it, it instead, didn't even... And she r- gets
0: jealous about it, of throwing course. it in his face that she can't be in their murder club. And it's, yeah, like, and it's like, that is so not the yeah, point. It's clear
1: that he does not, given the choice, neither of them would be there. <laughs> I mean, I guess Faith had more of a choice. Eh, they all had choices, but you know what I mean.
0: Yes. Well, and I also, I, 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 the thing that's really interesting to me is like, during this fight in the police station, Buffy is really pissed that Angel denies her the right to go after faith, like he's basically saying, like, this is my city. You don't have the yeah. right to just storm in here and do what you want. And then I think it's really interesting that Buffy just gets really. It seems to me like she gets really angry about it, and she just decides to twist the knife and hurt him. Yeah, totally. Throws Riley she into did. space yeah, it and tells him for. Yeah. and says everything that we've just been saying that it's a real relationship. Mm-hmm. That it's real. You know everything that like they can't have, which. Also, is the worst thing to do because as Angel reminds her, Angel left so that Buffy could have that. Yeah. Like that's the whole reason he left. And yeah. also, Buffy can move on with her life, and Angel cannot, yeah. because he can't find another person yeah. to take Buffy's place. He can't be close with another person because the same dangers <sighs> that would exist with their relationship would also exist. And also, when you hear all of that, it's also extremely devastating when you remember what Angel knows and Buffy and doesn't. It's true. Okay. Which is that they had that day.
1: I am so excited right now. I feel like you, I, I mean, both of us in this conversation have just like really hit the nail on the head about why I understand now why I like that interaction so much. It's because this is the first time that we finally heard anything real and emotional from Angel, right? He's been this dark, broody guy, and we've understood why he's that way, but he has never vocalized it, at least never this much. You're totally right that at the end, where he's explaining how sad his life is and will forever be, it's like you're right. Angel, you're right. Angel, you're right. You win. Angel won this argument, right? Like it's not a it's not that sort of, it's not a win lose argument. But if someone was a winner, it was definitely Angel. It
0: was like well, and also because Buffy is so eager too to like. I mean, okay, this is where I remember like, oh, Buffy's nineteen years well, old. Well, and then she was 16 she when like, they were
1: together before. Also, like, yes, I she mean she is,
0: but she also like has not at all considered no like. And like Angel's side of this at all because she also like is like oh Faith wins again and it's like this is is it's you acting like (laughs) an asshole Buffy
1: totally but
0: not in a way that made me
1: hate Buffy just in a way that really crystallized so many things about I mean that's the thing
0: that works so well is you can be really mad at Buffy for not even considering Angel's point of view and all of this and she you can see she never even considered what it might be like for her to gloat to Angel that she's moving on mm-hmm. and to have Angel have to tell her well that's great but that's not a like a privilege that I have mm-hmm. but also like at the same time you're remembering like she is 100% allowed to be so angry at Faith in this entire situation yeah so and and also to well, be hurt that like Angel someone who was supposedly so in love with her would also like choose Faith over her because also because it is it is Faith right and Yeah, she does tell Faith, Faith seems to want
1: to try to take everything. Yeah, and I think anyone in Buffy's position would definitely feel jealous over that. I think it'd be impossible now, too. No matter how, even if you were Willow emotional maturity level, you would still feel that pang. You maybe wouldn't lash out about it, but yeah, I think they're, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's fair for her.
0: But also, I think this is telling that this is the last time Buffy is on Angel, and it does put an end to that, like...
1: Tether that they kept yeah. of like
0: I'll just keep checking in on you and pre- like like Buffy so Angel comes to Sunnydale because um Doyle has a vision and instead of picking up the phone Angel thinks of an excuse, like, I have to go to Sunnydale, mm-hmm. but he doesn't tell Buffy, and then Buffy hears about it and comes, and then um, and then poor Angel has to deal with the knowledge of, like, what that led to, mm-hmm. and, and Angel, more than Buffy, has glimpsed what it might be like for them to try to start to build a real relationship mm-hmm. without any of this mystical stuff in the way, Yeah, and so that's extra heartbreaking, but then also, like, Buffy didn't have to come here and protect Angel from faith, like, Angel right. doesn't need protecting, and but it's just an excuse to always like check in and and like you know never quite totally sever that tie. Well, and
1: again, because if they were truly concerned, as was as we were reminded in Five by Five, anyone would them. have warned them. You certainly a phone call is faster than a trip to LA, even if you're still gonna show up to be reinforcements. Like if you were really concerned, you would have called them, <laughs> just said, exactly. "Hey, here's a heads up."
0: <laughs> but I I don't think it's a coincidence. So. I mean, Angel will make a couple more trips to Sunnydale, but I don't think it's a coincidence that this is Buffy's last trip to L.A.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because, like, as again, as we're talking about this, I think. uh, This is like reality coming crashing down on this fantasy, right? The fantasy of Buffy and Angel together, which is a beautiful one is like, oh, but I I guess it's the reality crashing down on it in the best way. (laughs) It's sad and upsetting, but it's, like, I don't know. I guess I just think, yes, uh, I could watch that scene a lot. I loved it. (laughs) I don't know, that makes me, like, awful. It's not, like, it's not even, like, I'm not enjoying their pain. It's just so beautifully spoken.
0: (laughs) And I don't know if it's a good sign that the most emotionally honest and, like, Great scenes that have happened in this season have all been when they got Sarah Michelle Gellar right, to right. Angel. I don't. I, I I'm mean, gonna choose to they, just think of that as coincidence, and that they will get better. They, but. Yeah, they will. I, also, Wesley. I actually just kind
1: of touching back on really quickly Buffy's kind of selfishness or general selfishness. Um, I think. This is a great reminder for me that as we've said this a few times, I, especially in, before we started doing this podcast, I definitely had that a little joke to myself about like, well, I don't know why anyone ever questions Buffy. Buffy's always right. And I, I think where we've landed since time since doing the podcast, is like, well, Buffy's always right about monsters, but Buffy is not right about most emotional things. And this is just another great depiction of that, that like, oh, Buffy, you still have a lot to learn about being an adult, even if you know everything about being a Slayer. And kind of fitting into that, I think uh, another thought that I had about this episode is like, Buffy kind of makes over and over again the point that like, I tried to reach out to Faith. I tried to do this. I tried to do that. But she always was being a little bit selfish even about her relationship with Faith. And I think that that's part of the reason why her re- her efforts to reach out to her never really worked. You know, again, kind of like with Angel, where it's like, yeah, she was attracted to Angel because he had this dark side, but she didn't really want to know what that meant. I think it's kind of the same thing with Faith. Is, is like she wanted to say that she had gone through the motions of inviting her to dinner and being her friend and saying, I'll always be there for you. But we know that Faith was also right to feel betrayed by Buffy, kind of constantly really actually leaving her out and not really accepting her
0: anyway yeah I I mean I I think that ties in really well with like you know Buffy willfully ignoring the reality of her relationship with Angel Mm -hmm. and it took the mayor to really make her consider it and and for Angel to realize that he needed to do something and for Joyce to have to go to Angel and explain the reality of this situation Buffy's not good at looking at the hard decisions when it comes to, like, personal stuff like Well, that. I think she's always
1: self-centered about those personal decisions. But she's I think not in good some at putting ways, herself in the other person's but shoes. But
0: again, I don't know that I blame her because she has to be so selfless in that's every true. other that's part true. of her life. That's true. That's true. Totally fair. <laughs> that, yeah, like, you're
1: right. I'm not trying to—you're right. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want to blame her for things, but I want to say that that's why her efforts with Faith didn't work. Exactly. And they're not. Neither of them are wrong. I mean, it also absolves not absolves faith. Obviously, faith has taken things too far. But I think it definitely goes a a way to explain how she's ended up the way that she has. I mean, again, they never give us the details about her childhood, but it was clearly very difficult. (laughs) And then to just be handed superpowers and the weight of the world on your shoulders is like, well, and the watchers don't give you a therapy session along with it. Like, of course, she ended up this way.
0: Yeah, I. But I also think it speaks to like. Buffy probably wasn't equipped to really fix it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. You shouldn't have needed. put that on the shoulders
1: of another 17 year old or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's move on to Wesley.
0: So uh, I love Wesley in this episode. Me too. So much Ugh. because I think it really speaks to Wesley as a character in like his loyalty mm-hmm. and like where it comes from. Mm-hmm. is, like. He's like Giles, someone, obviously, who was groomed to be in this Watcher's Council, Mm -hmm. and he really, truly believed in it. I mean, that's part of the reason why we see him in the last season... Making poor choices. ...buying into this idea that, like, the Watcher's Council is the only thing that can fix Faith and Mm -hmm. the only thing to do. And, like, you know, he's constantly in that season portrayed as a bit of the villain because he's constantly like going back to the Watchers Mm -hmm. Council and almost tattling or like ruining things. But you also see where that comes from. But also since then he's been, I mean, we hear a little bit more about it with his conversation with these guys is like, they completely like discarded him after, Buffy fired the council. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no, they didn't even give him money to fly him back to England. Like, I mean, it's a complete, like, just dumping you in the gutter kind of situation. And so I think for Wesley, he's kind of realizing, like, well, they had zero loyalty to me Mm and all the effort and work that I put in for them. So when these guys come to him and try to get him to betray Angel, Mm -hmm. who has only shown him, like, shelter and like welcoming yeah. and loyalty yeah. and all of that. Like why would Wesley not yeah choose Angel? Yeah. And I, I think it's just like a, a really good indication of like Wesley's character of like I mean it really was. Like,
1: it watching him admit yeah. to the to Faith and Angel that the those watchers were there was like that was a great moment. And it felt very genuine. Yes. I
0: And it was genuinely surprising. Like I think they handled the yeah like kind of the misdirect very well. And I also think kind of like with the
1: Riley situation in the last episode, I also have no problem, though, believing that this is the choice that Wesley would make because I think... Again, maybe less so on Buffy, but ever since he's been the show in Angel, I think it's clear that Wesley is a person whose heart is in the right place. Not that he's never going to make mistakes, but he really genuinely wants to do the right thing and do the best thing. And so I think, and the
0: decisions he'll make, even when they're bad, will always be because yeah, of exactly. his loyalty to his friends and what he thinks needs to be done. Yeah,
1: but and I just think that that's nice. I ha- again, that I don't, it's not a stretch to me though that that he made that choice at the end. Mm-mm. And and actually, just the other obvious parallel to what was going on with Riley, both of them officially sever ties with their former organizations in these episodes. There are a lot of parallels between these two episodes. I thought about a few of them, but they just keep coming. Um, the other thing that I want to say about the Wesley, about Wesley in this episode, was kind of a few minutes ago you were saying that like. Uh, one of the issues with with Angel and Buffy is that they're never able to get to a level where they can truly trust one another or know that they're always going to be acting in the same best interest they're always going to have things that are conflicting and I think again Wesley specifically Wesley's loyalty is like a good counter depiction (laughs) Uh, that's not the right word but like what we get to see in this episode is that Wesley does fully trust Angel and that that's a difference between those two relationships. That was kind of a wimpy conclusion at the end, but I just feel like I liked that you brought up the issue of trust. And I like that we get to see Wesley vocalize and also just demonstrate that he completely trusts Angel, even if they're not, he doesn't understand the choices that he's making. That's nice. And and Angel also hasn't had anyone who's trusted him like that before, I don't think.
0: No, and I think the parallel continues with Riley where, you know, Wesley was someone who also had a very black-and-white view of demon versus human. And when he first encountered the idea of Angel, you know, he called in the Watcher's Council to attack Angel, to take faith, and, Mm -hmm. like, all of this. Like, he didn't trust Angel because Angel was a vampire. And, like, since then we've seen him completely change his stance on that Mm -hmm. and say that, you know... um, you know, Angel isn't evil. He has a soul, and like that, that matters. And like the fact that he's a vampire doesn't. And, you know, Wesley has learned all the lessons that maybe Riley is starting to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and so I'll great. see your
1: parallel with yet another small parallel, <laughs> which is that I think in the way that we see Wesley demonstrate his loyalty to Angel, we've also seen Riley make the same statement of trust in Buffy. Not in this last ep- not in this episode, but I feel like there was one one or two before where he like literally was saying like, "Well, I don't understand what you're saying, but I know." In superstar, oh, yeah, exactly, exactly, in superstar, where he was like, "I don't know what you're saying, but I completely trust you, and we will do that." So it, again, ugh. But yeah, Wesley yeah. was fantastic in this episode. Also, every time I see him fight in Angel, I just I love it. I love he is not the best at any of these things yet, but he is just so brave. I mean, it was totally different than how he was on Buffy, so maybe they could have bridged that a little bit better, but whatever,
0: I love it. You know what it is, you're not going to like this, Mm. but he's Xander. Mm, No. He has a little (laughs) bit more expertise, like he has more to offer than Xander, but he's equally as willing to throw himself into a fight. Xander
1: literally often cowers in the corner, though. Xander is brave, and I don't want to take that away from him, but Xander is not the same... He doesn't have, like... Some sort of, like... De- Xander's
0: always, like, the first one launching himself yeah, at the evil. No, there's literally he gets, like, episodes the where he's, like,
1: sorry, him. I'm in the corner. I was, I'll
0: was. i be the one hiding. He also says a lot of stuff like he that. He says that, but then when yeah. the action actually happens, he's the one launching himself maybe. and always getting, like, knocked out. Like, Xander should really have his brain scanned. It's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I I don't think they're on the same level, but I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. So I suppose <laughs> we should talk about Faith. Oh, right. I was like, what else is there to talk about? Who knows? Well, <laughs> uh, because ostensibly this episode is about Faith, yeah. but again, this it really is took the a problem seat of to asking everything else. Eliza Dushku to carry, carry the emotional weight of an episode. In an episode where Sarah idea. Michelle Gellar is
1: also carrying emotional weight, I it is not a coincidence. I don't think that we can't stop talking about Buffy and Angel, but have com- almost forgotten to talk about Faith. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, I think this was one of her better performances, to be fair i but yeah no she can't get to that same place
0: <laughs> and i think you know the beginning of this episode is just more continuing of the like you know what i i yeah i don't i don't know you know it's like i don't even i can't even yeah. it's just really right. bad but like the end of it when she turns herself in yeah. and she's sitting in that jail and the the thing that always works for me about that is like Faith fully surrendered. Like she could walk out of that prison anytime she wants. I know. I know. I love that. Yeah. But she she decides like it's the first thing. It's it's almost if they had cared to make the connection, Mm -hmm. it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Like
1: yeah. Hey. (laughs) So because it's wrong, you know.
0: So like it's just really great that that's where it goes. Um, That it's not like she doesn't make up with Buffy. She she apologizes, but it doesn't help yeah. like it's like there are real consequences like she, yeah. she is on the hook for murder and like all yeah. of this stuff so the only thing she can do to really convince everyone that she's trying to be better is to like turn herself in
1: and I like um, I I guess you're right that in the beginning of this episode I, I mean yes her kind of stuttering performance was not anything to write home about nor I mean none of it is anything to write home about but I did think that when her and Buffy were having their final kind of showdown on the rooftop I think that was stronger her kind of saying like what am I like when she when she had surrendered I think to Buffy and like when she literally said like what can I say to you to make this better because I think it's nothing you know is like that part felt a little bit more real to me and I liked that part I think that was a much stronger conversation again though mm, is it a coincidence that Sarah Michelle Keller was also in that scene perhaps not Angel is totally sufficient, but maybe he's not quite the actor that can bring it out in somebody else, you
0: know? Right. Like Not Angel, maybe, David Boreanaz, but... Maybe he's not inspiring Eliza Dushku mm-hmm. to rise to a certain caliber of performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, speaking of um, performance, though, I, I had a little bit of a surprising moment in this episode mm-hmm. where I was like, do I like Kate in this episode? Like, Uh, what is happening? No,
1: I did not. (laughs) Like, at first,
0: I was just, like, really, like, ugh, why? Yeah. But then, like, the scenes, like, her interactions with that other cop, like, where she's correcting him on his, like, reference Because he, like, (laughs) totally did it based on gender and not, like, actual reference. But then also, like, her interactions with Angel, like, I feel like it's the first time we've really seen her dealing with Angel where she's not, like...
1: Flirting with him. Acting
0: like she's mooning yeah, over him. Like, yeah. I, I right. was like, you're this right. is what yeah. Kate should have been the whole no time. Way.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think it was broken for me the fact that I was just, I'm just so burnt on her already, but you're right. And I did really like that um, <laughs> Scully scene. I mean, I think that was finally the first time, maybe ever, that Angel has done a subtle feminist moment. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, like, so... And it was, that's nice. a great point. it was
1: it was fun. Yeah. I was like, oh, because that was a great scene.
0: <laughs> I think we actually got two subtle commentaries on feminism mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, there's that scene where Kate is correcting the Scully reference, but also... I wanted to point out the scene with Wolfram and Hart oh. where they're, they're basically trying to find another assassin mm-hmm. to finish the job that Faith quit. Mm-hmm. And we have Lindsay and Lila and I forget the name of the other yeah, lawyer, but they're sitting cares, in the yeah. conference room. We have three lawyers in that conference room of equal status. Mm-hmm. And yet Lila, the woman, is the one serving coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sure that is not a thing that was meant to be appointed like reference yeah, or yeah. That anyone I mean thought anything, about that was in, actually
1: probably the inherent in that
0: year yeah that was like a, it was just like they were like oh yeah Lila will be it's that's just, like, actually but, the
1: real world bias of the writer yes. seeping into the episode but yeah
0: yeah you're right. but I saw that and like honestly Gosh. I was livid <laughs>
1: wow I didn't even notice that yeah yeah I
0: Crap. was <laughs> like okay this is but then again on another level it's the way that Wolfram and Hart feels and the way that they work is because it feels real. Like,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: You've, like, yes, they're interviewing a demon assassin, but, like, the dynamics of the entire scene are very, like, grounded in reality. Yeah. Including the sexism inherent in yeah. the
1: workplace. That's interesting. I'm so yeah. excited to see more of them, though. You're right. I mean, that scene, there's just so many... There's just so much happening in this episode that that is not... Uh, a thing that I think is going to stick with me, but it's definitely, like, watching them is always fun, and I'm excited, really excited for them to continue to be in the show.
0: Right, and that's what I meant yeah. when I said, like, that this is You're the right. first episode that truly has me really excited yeah. for, like, what's You're coming. Yeah, are totally right. Like, yeah. I think there might be one or two, like, kind of throwaways, but, like, Wolfram and Hart is, like, very clearly emerging as yeah. the antagonist for and Angel. More f- yeah,
1: no, I, I mean, I agree, and I, as much yeah. as, like, Wesley and Angel together have worked since literally the first episode that Wesley was in, but every time that they crunch that a little bit further and further, it's, it's always rewarding. I love that we get to mm-hmm. see Wesley, again, kind of formally commit to Angel in this episode and say it out loud. I love that they have a different understanding with each other than he ever could have had with Doyle, and even that he ever had with Buffy. It's just a nice... It's just a nice groundwork as, as we, we always say about Riley and Buffy is like, they have the foundation, like angel. The show is finally having some foundation that they can then build off of. Like we're finally understand where angel, the character is even coming from because all he ever has been is just brooding and upset and dark, but not like admitting more. You know, it's nice to see him open up and yeah, you're right. This is a great well, like think- setting the stage moment for the show.
0: It is, and I think it's no coincidence that it's happening towards the end of the season. Of course, now there's a shared history of the cast and yeah. the characters. Yeah. And also, I think that's why Wesley worked so well from the beginning because I understand the hesitation, maybe of course, doing yeah, a spinoff of Buffy to entirely stack the cast with
1: Buffy people, you know, yeah. transfers
0: from Buffy we talked but about I that but i think the reason and we talked about this that they work so well is because they do have a shared history like the reason this faith episode works is because Wesley and Angel were both involved in what happened with Faith before yeah and in a way that Doyle like like you said like it would not have been as as it, went, it would not have landed as well if this had been like a Doyle Angel episode because Doyle has no prior involvement yeah. with Faith like it doesn't mean anything yeah. but with, with Wesley especially Wesley being her watcher yeah. like this works on so many levels and I think that's also why, finally, the universe that they've been building for, you know, all these episodes is starting to pay off. Because, like, we have gotten enough of a sense of Wolfram and Hart, especially in the last two episodes, to view them as a threat and understand that this is something that's happening. Yeah. You know, and I think even the Kate stuff, like, as unsuccessful as she is, we know what it means when she shows up. Yeah. And it's just, it's finally going somewhere. And I think that's why first seasons are so often... Not great, because, like, on one hand, like, they also don't know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But also, like, think of what makes your shows that you love, like, work so well. It's, like, because of all the history. Right,
1: right, of course. I mean, and that's, off. again, as that's the strength of TV in general as a format. It's yes. something that is serialized. It's harder to capture that somewhere else. So, yeah, of course, and, it and takes some time.
0: Uh, I think that's, a, like, a, an asset that a lot of spinoffs don't go to because mm-hmm. they're so desperate to, like, differentiate themselves from the shows that they right. came from. But, like, you should walk that balance of, like, trying to pull this yeah. history that you have at your disposal and then forge a separate path. Mm-hmm. But I feel with Angel, they kind of tried first to forge a separate path, and, and then, now they're mm-hmm. realizing we can pull in these elements from, like, yeah, the existing make it work. universe and, like, make it work. But that should have been something they were doing from day one. Yeah. And, you know, they, they went off on these different directions Whew. of, like, you know demons of the week and who knows yeah so. um i'm ready i'm ready for angel to be like the show that i get excited i, I mean watch.
1: i i think you're right that we're finally there because this one was good we had a good one a couple of episodes ago and i forgot until just now to look up what's happening in the next episode and it is another at least uh-huh good th- i at least good thi- thing with a good payout i, I don't exactly re- i don't remember the details of the episode i think the episode will be good but don't know but yeah, we're yeah, finally getting actually, some new things that I've been waiting for, which is to say new characters that I don't exactly. hate. Exactly. Finally, yeah. a new character that I don't actually hate.
0: <laughs> I had the same reaction. I was like, um, looking up all the photos God. <laughs> the posts and I like saw the photos for the next episode and I was like, oh, that's a season one thing. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're really I totally almost at the that. end.
1: Yeah. We're almost done with these seasons.
0: Yeah. Whew. Well, that so that sanctuary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is one of our better conversations. This was very exciting.
0: Well, when the show is actually good, it's fun to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, for once, I'm not like listing all the things I hated. It's yeah. very exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. Okay, so next week we have the Yoko Factor mm-hmm. on Buffy. You mm-hmm. start to see the payoff of Spike's bargain with Adam mm-hmm. and Uh, Warzone Mm -hmm. on Angel which I don't remember a whole lot about the episode but we're gonna meet a new character yeah
1: yay
0: yes okay do you have any pop culture Uh, I'm in the same place I was uh,
1: like two (laughs) weeks ago I feel I really don't want another angry email (laughs) from the one person who's angry about it um no I don't have
0: okay. anything. I guess I have a recommendation, but it's too little, too late.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what you're gonna say.
0: <laughs> yeah. In, in my defense, um,
1: Jordan, I had a very stressful week of our at work.
0: Heartbreaking TV conversation. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. So Brooklyn Nine Nine got mm-hmm. canceled, and you know I'm not gonna go out and say this is the most amazing comedy ever. You should totally watch it, but it it is one of the few shows that I still regularly watch, and. I, I just got really upset when I heard about it getting canceled, because I was like, I know what's going to take its place, and it's going to be some garbage that, like, doesn't matter, isn't going to matter in, like, 15 years, and Mm -hmm. they canceled a bunch of comedies that actually have a point of view and something to say, and, like, also Brooklyn Nine-Nine, much like Parks and Recreation before it, Mm -hmm. is one of the warmest comedies on TV. I mean, and and that's no coincidence. (laughs) No, because it is the same creator. Yeah. But... But, yeah, I mean, I mean it's a thing that people, that we people want. Right. Like, it's it's the one of the few TV shows that you can go and turn on and, like, get kind of, like, a warm and fuzzy, happy feeling while you watch it, and it's, I not, sort of it's water- not like watching some garbage thing like, you know, like a CBS comedy or something. Yeah. Like, it has a point of view and intelligence, and, like, the jokes are smart, yeah. and, like, characters evolve and change, yeah. and, like... I mean, there was a recent cold open where, like, they literally had a bunch of perps in a lineup. I, back was just, boys, I, I, I was just, I like, just
1: watched that <laughs> clip on the subway, and I was just going to say the same thing. Like, oh, I watched this great clip that was, like, oh, my God, that was the funniest thing I'd seen. <sighs> Sorry, I cut you off before well, you said what it was.
0: No, but that's okay. But, I mean, like, that's the kind of thing that's, like, not going to happen now. Yeah. And I like, yeah, maybe Hulu or Netflix decides to reprove it, but, like. It's not the same. It's never the same. It's. It's not and it's just I think it's just another final nail in the coffin of like I don't pl- have any plans to find a show to replace it and it's funny I'm that just, you're like winnowing my yeah. like active shows because like it's I better to just know ahead anymore. of time
1: when they're going to end and then get yeah. into it. And that's funny because I actually think I was thinking about this. I, what I said to you when you told me Brooklyn Nine was canceled and I said this to someone else too, is like, what's nice for me is that I'm behind on that show. So I actually still have two or three seasons that two, maybe two and a half seasons that I haven't seen. Um, and I sort of think that I, in the back of my head, that's maybe why I didn't get invested in it is like, you know, let's just see where this goes. And then I can catch up later. Cause like, when we talked about and listed in a bunch of other shows, it was like, I can't go through this anymore. I yeah. can't. I'm but I am a little bit shocked that this is still happening because as we've discussed, when all those other shows that we loved got canceled, that was right at this turning point for TV and streaming where it maybe still made sense for networks to cancel shows that had sort of low ratings compared to what ratings used to be like, but this day and age, I just don't know what they're basing it on, you know? Like, how how can it possibly have too few v- viewers or something that p- can't be as expensive to produce as, like, a drama or something, you know? I don't know. I mean, maybe there's something that I'm not getting.
0: Well, there's oh, something yes. that confuses me because, like, it's still, obviously, it's network TV. It's still entirely based on this advertising model, which is entirely based on viewing numbers and all, all these algorithms. I get it, but, but have I also so many feel, other like, shows that are in failing. An age, in an age when nobody is watching TV live, yeah. like, shouldn't you then try to put the best quality television out there that you can and just think that like the viewers will come if it's smart? But like, I, I that's more not so always how it works. But, like,
1: because if, they're going to just replace it with something else risky that'll probably go the same.
0: I, I, there is uh, something about... I'm like, actually kind of... I don't really want to look too much into it, but Fox revived Tim Allen's sitcom mm and if that replaces this, like I'm done with Fox, I'm done mm. like they have taken too many good shows off the air, and like whoever is running that t v program is a moron yeah and i like but that's i I, I sound I just, really mad about it, but and it's like it's also like, okay, like I've talked about before with you where like I think five seasons is a good run for a sure. show I don't think that a lot of especially comedies really need to go beyond that, but I just hate the way that the decision comes like as a surprise there's no, like why can't we just right, have this no conversation earlier of, like, wrap up yeah. your show yeah. and like do all this stuff like it just feels like well, so I, arbitrary and meaningless and it's yeah. also like
1: and it's so frustrating probably I mean obviously it's frustrating for the writers but even as a loyal viewer it's so frustrating when I, I, I'm when we were watching Parks and Rec And every season ended with what something that had to serve as a series finale because they never knew if they were getting canceled or not. It's like it made for some great episodes in some cases, but like, man, would it have been great to not have to live in this world where you had to experience this pseudo ending over and over and over again? (laughs) Just tell us, just make that. Yeah, I get it. I know. I'm sure it's so much harder than that, but at the same time, it's also not.
0: I mean, I'm not like institutions, crying man. in my bed about this, but like, it's just an ongoing frustration I have. Yeah. When, like I, it's, I, I guess as like a person who like has some creative output, I feel like why would you, why would you be okay with putting garbage out there when you could put good stuff yeah. out there instead? So
1: yeah,
0: quality is not always well, the most important consideration, which is so annoying as a viewer. Yeah. <laughs> to, consume, and yet, you know, however million people are still watching, like, whatever the hell's on, I mean, I, I can, like, crap all over CBS all I want, I still regularly DVR Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I almost said that as my example,
1: but whatever, that's fine.
0: But I just, it's, it's not anything that I also watch seriously, like, it's just something that I watch because I've been watching it, like, it's, I would never put it on a top ten list of, like, quality TV, you know? Uh,
1: Top. 20, uh, top, 30, top 30, Anyway, that's whatever. my little rant. Um, I realize that I do have a pop culture recommendation. Okay. Um, I watched the new John Mullaney Netflix special last weekend, and it was pretty good. Oh, I would watch I it. I
0: have only seen glowing reviews of that. I don't want to... I, I guess... <laughs> I, like, I
1: like John Mullaney. I think he's great. I think it really scratched an itch for me of something that's kind of benign. <laughs> you know, of like, I know <laughs> it's not going to make me... It's not like edgy you know and sometimes that's what I want I feel like I appreciate that comedians sometimes need to push the envelope but I also appreciate sometimes when you can just be silly and funny and that could be enough so I think in that way it was very easy watching in a good way it also it did take a few minutes to kind of get warmed up as I think most stand-up acts do Uh, so for the beginning me and Alex were kind of like maybe this isn't that great but by the time it kicked off it was totally great there was also a great riff on college and college debt which is where we're all at and it was fun but yeah it's on Netflix called Kid Gorgeous I know he has other specials on there as well Um, that's I would check it out
0: cool okay what team are you on this week? oh my god this is a tough one
1: (laughs) Uh, there's so many choices I guess I'll be team Tara. Okay. Because I don't want to forget about her in this longer Buffy Angel conversation that we had.
0: Yeah. Um, I bet you can't guess who I am. <laughs> I can. Why don't you tell anyone, everyone who's team I want to Are you
1: team, team Angel this week?
0: No. Oh,
1: okay. Because <laughs> sec- he was my second choice. That's actually what I wanted to say, but... Oh, okay, uh, no, I don't know.
0: Faith? I know he's kind of my default sometimes, but I think I'm Team Wesley again. Oh, because I know.
1: I just have, I, I'm literally Team Wesley from now on until the end of forever. No, I just and
0: can't. I I almost was Team Angel just because of also the way he, like, stood up to Buffy and, like, yeah, just kind uh, of, like, so told her what was what. But also, I think Wesley, like, you're right, mm. making the decision that, you know, he would choose Angel even though Angel was making decisions that he didn't like, yeah. like... Come on. It's just a good thing to do. Oh, so Wesley, you Jim. <sighs> okay. All right. oh, so this is a long one. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully people stuck with us.
1: <laughs> Sorry, it started out all stressful.
0: Yeah. Maybe I'll put a warning in the beginning. You can <laughs> skip the lament for Brooklyn 9 at the end if you want to. <laughs> um, all right. I'll talk
1: to you next week.
0: Yes. All right. Bye. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at morewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast.
1: You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.